Hey, Sienna J. Brown here. Welcome to Leading with Intention, a podcast teaching driven women like you the tools you need to thrive in your personal and professional life. So grab your coffee and your notebook. It's time to get started. Are you ready? Okay, so welcome back to Leading with Intention. Sienna J. Brown here, and I am so excited about today's episode. Why? Because we're talking about the five secrets to embody excellence. And so this is something that for me is so interesting just because as we think about excellence and what that means for all of us, we're really going to dive into how can we embody that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis whatever whatever fits your vibe, all right? So I want to start us off with one of my favorite quotes. It's from Aristotle, and I'm going to read it to you now. Excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but we rather have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. One more time. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And so that has been a quote that I have followed religiously, written down everywhere, and has been an essential part of my life since about 2013. So for me, I think that this is just one of the most important things when we think about how are we showing up as our fullest selves and how are we really focusing on the habits that we do, the small things that we do day in and day out, and realizing that that is what makes us who we are. That is what allows for us to be good leaders. That is what allows for us to show up consistently and coherently across the board, right? And so as we move on through this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you five secrets or five tips, however you want to take it, that I have used throughout the years to really be able to show up in my personal and professional life. And again, this is a reminder that excellence looks different for everyone and at different chapters of your life. So my situation is not the same as yours or the other person who's listening to this podcast, but it's really going to look different for everyone. So I want to remind you not to compare your chapter seven to someone else's chapter 13. And that is something that So many people struggle with, with social media, with Instagram, with all of it, where we see the highlights of other people's lives and we don't know the backstory. We don't know what they've gone through. We don't know what their day-to-day is like when they're not showing up on the screen. And so I really want to encourage you not to play the comparison game and not to, I mean, find inspiration from other people if that's what you need, but realize that all of our stories look different and you really need to embrace that, okay? So I want to start sharing with you secret number one to embody excellence. That's the fact that time and energy are your greatest assets. And so this is something that I truly believe in, that a lot of people don't know how to manage their time and more importantly, don't know how to manage their energy. And that leads to burnout. I say that because those people (laughs) used to be me, right? So I'm a giver. I'm someone who is an empathic giver. I'm an overachiever. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I am all of the things. And I burnt out and I have burnt out many times in my life. And 
little by little, I I had hard lessons and I really came to realize that, okay, what we really have in life is our time. We can't get that back and our energy. And so I hear people say all the time, well, I wish I had more time in the day. I just don't have enough time. I would do X, Y, or Z when I had the time. And realizing, I want you to realize today that it's not about having enough time, but it's about how you're actually dedicating your time and what you're dedicating your time and energy to, right? So I want you to ask yourself right now, how do you actually spend the time in your day? And a really great exercise, it might seem a little tedious, but a really great exercise is for two or three days during the week, right? I'll make it easy. For two or three days during the week, I want you to write down everything you do at every hour. And what you're going to realize is either a lot of the times you're wasting your time on things that don't actually matter or you're not really spending time doing what you think you're doing. So for example, if you're in front of your computer for eight hours a day doing work, are you actually doing work for eight hours? Or do you actually get your work done in four or five good hours? And once you start to look at that and analyze it, you'll be able to say, okay, if I do everything that I actually need to in five hours and the rest of the time I'm just kind of faffing around, how can I start Redelegating my time so that those extra three hours I can be doing things that I love, right? So, with this practice, you'll realize okay, how are you actually spending the time in your day? And then you can learn how to start reallocating that. So, asking yourself, how much time do you spend scrolling through Instagram? Our phones have apps for that now, right? Like, you can actually check how much time you spend on your phone and what you spend your time doing there. How much time do you watch Netflix? How much time do you waste hitting snooze in the morning? How much time do you waste multitasking and not actually making progress on the things that you want to? Again, we are all human. We're all human. We all also kind of need that time for disconnection sometimes, but I really want you to start being intentional and shifting the way that you're thinking about the time that you have in the day and realize that you could be using that time to do things like learning new skills, like pouring into yourself, cooking a healthy meal, building your legacy outside of your nine to five, right? And I say that because interestingly enough, and I'll share a quick story with you all, when I was starting my business, Las Marinas de España, and I had just moved to Spain, I was teaching English and I was teaching for about 12 hours a week, in the classroom, and then I had other classes at night, which is nothing. But something that a lot of people struggled with, they were like, oh, well, I'm just sitting around in the teacher's room when I don't have classes, or I just feel like I'm wasting my time. And you know what I did? Those short breaks, whether they were 30 minutes or one hour in between classes, I went to the library with the students, and I was working on my business, right? And so those like mini, mini chunks of time is what allowed for me to work consistently over time and start building my legacy, my empire, the wider community that we now have. And so I just really want to remind you that it might seem like, oh, well, I have an hour commute to work. Well, odds are you're probably working from home right now because pandemic, but let's say you have an hour commute to work, right? What can you be doing during that time? Let's say that time when you're cooking breakfast, can you be listening to a podcast? Can you be listening to an audiobook can you be 
doing something to really capitalize and make the most of the time that you have, all right? And so at the beginning of this, at the beginning of Secret One, I was saying that it's time and energy are your greatest assets. And so we've thought a little bit about time. I want to recap really quickly. A couple of different things that you can do is, again, write down everything that you do in a day and write down the time that it takes you to do that so that you can start seeing, all right, this is where my time actually goes. So I wake up at 7.15. I hit snooze until 7.25. I get out of bed and get dressed and I go to work out at eight o'clock, X, Y, and Z. And so really be as technical as possible with that. The next thing you can do, again, I'm just recapping, is figuring out how you can be making the most of your time in ways that you might not have thought of. And what I want to focus on now is our energy, yeah? So odds are the way that you feel at 5 a.m. if you wake up that early and at 12 p.m. and at 6 p.m. and at 10 p.m., they all look really different. And again, everyone's energy levels look different. You might be a You might be someone who navigates better during the morning, or you might be someone who's a night owl, right? But have the sense of awareness to know what that looks like. And I want you to ask yourself these three questions when you're thinking about energy and how to manage your energy during the day, all right? Question number one, do you know when you have the most mental clarity? And right now, are you dedicating that time to the projects that matter most to you? So again, do you know when you have the most mental clarity and are you dedicating that time to what matters most to you? And I say this because a lot of the students that I coach and a lot of the women that I work with, odds are they're working a nine to five and they're also trying to build the business on the side. I'm someone who I work a nine to five and I have and I run a business and I also am running this podcast and I do a lot of things, right? But the way that I do that without burning out or (laughs) being exhausted is because I know how to manage my energy. And I also know, okay, these tasks I can do easily. These tasks I'm going to have to sit down and think and create and build. And so when we're able to look at that, then we can say, okay, how can we pick and choose what we're doing and when, all right? So the second thing that I wanna ask you is, when does your energy drop and what do you do during that time? And I say that because, we're not superhumans, right? We're humans. And odds are we're not going to have a level 10 energy throughout the entire day. So again, as you're getting started, it's going to be a lot of analysis of where am I actually at? What am I doing? This is something that I've been practicing with myself, honestly, for the past 12, 13 years, right? Of really understanding how I spend my time, how I spend my energy. But Something that you can be asking yourself is when does your energy drop during the day? And then what do you do during that time, right? So if you're exhausted midday, granted, I live in Spain, so this is a culture of siestas. This is a culture of taking two-hour breaks during the day. And that's something that I love because, again, we're not made to go full force for eight hours. And so when thinking about that, for me... I know that I need a pause midday after I do a lot of deep work in the morning at around 1, 1.30, I have to take a break. But it's not, I'm taking a break and then I'm going to sit and watch Netflix or I'm taking a break and then I'm going to zone out on Instagram, but it's really saying, okay, I need a break. I need to clear my mind. Can I go for a walk? Can I listen to a podcast? Can I cook a good meal? 
and really being intentional about that. Can I read a book, right? And asking yourself when you have those energy drops, what are you doing with your time? And again, your free time doesn't always have to be um, allotted to to self-growth and personal growth. Like sometimes it can just be like, I just need to chill and listen to a good song. And if that's going to bring you joy, then do that, right? But I think it's really important that for us as humans and as individuals and as leaders and all of this good stuff is that we learn how to find things that bring us joy that we can learn and grow with outside of just work, right? And when we're able to have those breaks during the day and when we're able to manage our time and our energy, then we're able to say, oh, I don't have to wait for the weekends to work on a passion project or I don't have to wait on the weekends to for ooh, I don't have to wait for the weekends to work out or to spend time with friends or to try a new class or whatever that looks like. Okay. The third question that I want to ask you is what routines do you currently have in place to spark daily joy to pour back into yourself? So if you follow me on Instagram at Sienna J Brown, you know that I constantly am posting different IG stories on sparking daily joy. And that's something as simple as enjoying the cup of coffee that you make in the morning and putting on a good song as you get out of the shower to dance around, whatever that is, but really asking yourself on a daily basis, what can you do to spark daily joy in your day-to-day life? And once you start making that mindset shift of realizing that you don't need to wait for a vacation or you don't need to wait for the holidays, or you don't need to wait for whatever it is that you're waiting for to start living a balanced, full, intentional life, you can start doing that now, okay? A quick trick and something that I do that helps me navigate my time and energy is I put time blocks on my calendar, and that's a trick that's helped me over the years. So if you look at my calendar right now, it's blocked out in different colors even. I'm very type A, so that's fine. But it's blocked out in different colors where I have like this mint green for self-care. So when I work out in the morning for my lunch break, for if I intentionally block off my work calendar so I can go for walks, right? What are the meetings that are going to take the most mental energy? How am I blocking time on my calendar for my personal projects? And really, 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 Start playing around with that, all right? So three questions to help you think about how you're managing your energy. Do you know when you have the most mental clarity? And are you dedicating that time to what matters most to you? When does your energy drop and what do you do during that time? And then what routines do you currently have in place to spark daily joy and pour back into yourself, okay? So We're going to get through a lot today. That was just secret number one to embody excellence, right? But bringing us back to the Aristotle quote of excellence then is not an act, but a habit. That's secret number two. You need to focus on habits over goals. And anyone who has worked with me, whether that's in my course for Master Your Move Abroad, where I help women be able to secure new work opportunities and be able to move to a different country or whether that's in the six-week sprint, which is where I work with, well, I I work with everyone, to be honest, but when I work with everyone to really be able to help them reach their next life-changing goal, goals are nice, but if you don't have the consistent habits, I'm sorry, but odds are you aren't going to get where you want to be with the same amount of ease. And I say this because 
It's all about consistency and small wins, right? So goals are cute, but habits are that long-term relationship status, right? Goals are the person that you're that you're seeing on the weekends because it's fun, but habits are like this is this is who I'm gonna marry, this is who I'm showing up for. Yeah. And it's really because the small choices that we make every day are what leads us to excellence. And so when we often set goals for ourselves, we do one of two things. Number one, the goals are very vague and we don't know, like, it's like, ah, oh, I want to be healthier. That's not a goal. That's an aspiration, right? That's something that isn't tangible. It's like healthier. How are you defining healthier? What does that mean for you? What does that look like? And what do you have to do to be healthier, you know? And so when we set goals, number one, we need to be very specific on what that looks like in a tangible way. So I want to be healthier. Fine. In three months, I want to be able to run 5K. That's something specific. And then you reverse engineer that and say, okay, well, what has to happen for me to be able to run 5K? Where am I at right now? And what habits do I need to start putting into place to get there? Is it that I need to start working out three times a week? Is it that I need to start eating vegetables at two out of three of my meals? Is it that I want to dedicate or commit to going for a 30-minute walk every day or a 10-minute run every day until you start getting those habits in place that it becomes something immediate that you don't need to think about and that you want to do because, again, you won't always be motivated. You won't always want to do it. But once you've got once you've got that going and you're saying, oh, well, I've worked out for the past four days in a row. I don't want to skip today because it's become a habit then it's going to get easier over time, right? And again, part of the reason why I talk about habits so much is because I'm about sustainable growth. And I say this because when we're trying to reach our goals, they can seem overwhelming. They can seem like, okay, I have so much going on and I'm going to burn out and I'm not going to be able to make it. But it's really about small change over time. And this is something, again, that I work with all of my students on and being able to say, How are you focusing on the little things that you can change and get better at each day until that becomes normalized and then you can start increasing and getting better and making it harder, right? And again, going back to what I had shared before around growing my business as well, right? The first, I think it was the first two and a half or three years as I was growing my business, I never spent more than two hours a day max. And just from spending two hours a day consistently over two years, we were able to see monumental results. We threw, uh, I think it was a 120-person conference in Madrid. I got noticed by huge press to be able to start giving interviews. I gave a TEDx talk, spoke at international conferences. The community grew to over thousands of women, right? And I wasn't I wasn't burning out. I wasn't up until 3 a.m. every night working on that, but instead it was a mix of focusing on small habits and then also like what we spoke about before, knowing how to manage my time and energy to make it happen while I still had other stuff going on. Okay? So if you're still with me, this is amazing. So I really just kind of want to focus the last part of this episode talking about Three other things to really be able to make sure that we are embodying excellence in our everyday life. All right. 
Okay, so when we think about embodying excellence, a lot of the times we think about taking action, doing things. But I really want you to re-envision that excellence also means scheduling time for self-care. That's tip number three. Embodying excellence means that you schedule time for self-care. And as we are living with intention and leading with intention and also just motivating and inspiring others, whether this is in the workplace, in your business, in your personal life, with your family or friends, if you aren't taking care of yourself, you cannot show up for other people. So I want to share with you a quote by Audre Lorde, the real one, the realist. And she said, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Again, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. And this is something that I believe so deeply, so, so, so deeply, because when I made the move to Spain, it was because I needed to figure out who I was, what I wanted, and how to pour into myself without without the feeling of always showing up for other people. Again, when I was younger, and I mean still intrinsically a big part of me is I'm a giver. I'm someone who wants to pour into others. I would take the clothes off of my back to be able to help someone else be warm. Granted, now I have boundaries. Don't get me wrong. I have boundaries and I know how to take care of myself first, but it was a journey to get to where I am now. And again, I'm here to be able to teach you the lessons that I wish I knew when I was at a different stage of my life. But When I learned to schedule in time for self-care, it changed the game for me. And again, self-care can seem like a buzzword. Self-care can be like, oh, like taking a bath with all the bubbles or cooking this elaborate meal. Like, no, self-care can be as simple as saying no to plans if you don't feel like going. It can be as simple as canceling a meeting if you need to. It can be as simple as having boundaries and just knowing yourself well enough to know what you want, right? And again, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, we can't pour into other people. There's a saying, right? Like you can't pour for an empty cup. And it's so true where it's like, if you're not focusing on yourself, it's not being selfish, but it's, you can't lead others or you can't be a guiding light for others if you don't know where your own lighthouse is, right? You can't help other people out if you don't know how to help yourself, And so this was something, again, that I really had to learn. And so about, I think it was two and a half years when I had moved to Spain, I had, I changed my environment. I was still doing the personal work and it felt nicer because I was going to lunch on Fridays with my friends and I felt like, oh, this is self-care. But in reality, I was still being an overachiever, I was still having extremely hard expectations on myself. I was still doing what I thought others wanted from me versus what I actually wanted. And that really changed when I got alopecia. And so some of you might know this about me, some of you might not, but around, I think it was around four, three and a half or four years ago, one day I'd come home from the beach. It, I remember it so clearly. And I had come from home from the beach. I was in my room doing my hair. And all of a sudden my hair started falling out in in these huge chunks. And it was just this moment of not knowing what was going on. I didn't know what alopecia was at the time. And 
I was healthy. I was healthy. I was young. I think I was like 24 or something like that. I was young and I was just like alone, terrified, and just I had no idea what was happening to me. And so again, when things like this happen, you think that it's like a health scare and you're just not sure. And then your life flashes before your eyes, all of these things, right? And over time, again, this is just the very, very much the surface level of the story. But over time, and by over time, I mean in the upcoming weeks after that had happened, I had had doctor's appointments and I was refiguring out what does this mean for me, right? Because again, when we think about womanhood and also when we think specifically about black womanhood and how how much our hair ties into that and also just like being a certain way all of your life and then in two seconds having that stripped away from you, that's a moment of redefinition. And I I used to joke with my friends and call it like the rebirth, right? Because like when a baby comes out, they're bald, all this stuff, and just like an opportunity to start over. And when that happened, I realized like, hey, Sienna, God's trying to tell you something. Like there needs to be a change. And it was so like now it's funny, but in the moment I was very frustrated because all of the doctors, everyone who I went to, they said, oh, it's probably just stress or, oh, are you stressed, et cetera. And for me, that was so frustrating because I was like, no, it's not stress. I've been a lot more stressed in my life. I, I'm fine. I'm coasting. I'm living in Spain. Everything is great. Like it's not stress until obviously doing research, looking into it and realizing that alopecia is an autoimmune disease. And with autoimmune diseases, of course, there can be many different triggers. But the reason why you have autoimmune disease is because of years of things building up in your body that you're not aware of, right? So yes, I might not have been as stressed in that moment, but I'd spent 24 years of my life stressed out (laughs) dealing with stuff and like not really taking care of myself. And so in that moment, there was also a trigger that had said, hey, Sienna, now's the time to look at this, right? And so long story short, well, short story long, long story long, it's fine. But during that time is when I really had an eye-opening moment of realizing that things needed to change and that I had to start doing the inner work and learning who I really was and being intentional about caring for myself. And so when I say scheduling time for self-care and how important that is, Again, it can seem like something really simple, but it can be something that literally saves you and saves your life. Since then, I have become hyper aware, number one, on what my body is saying to me. I I know how I feel when I'm feeling a little stressed out. I know how to navigate that so that I avoid stress. That's why if you follow me on Instagram, I'm chill for a reason. You know what I mean? Because I know the physical reaction that my body specifically has. And so that's why I'm so intentional about self-care, but I really want to recommend to you, like, don't wait until you have an oh, and I was going to say, oh, like, oh, crap moment, right? Like, don't wait until it gets too far, but start really implementing this into your life now. And for me, this has become one of my core values as a leader. So with the teams that I've led over the years and that I continue to lead, one of the things that I make like a core, a core part of that is about having balance and making sure that the women that I work with feel like they can come as their full selves to work, but more important than anything like that, they can be rested and ready to go. Again, it's possible. It's possible to grow personally and professionally without burning out. And a way to do that intentionally is having time for self-care. Okay? So, 
how what have we gone through so far? I've been talking about how can we embody excellence. We've talked about the fact that time and energy are your greatest assets. We've talked about the fact that you need to focus on habits over goals. And we've talked about the fact that you need to schedule time for self-care. So I want to share two more with you, and then I'm going to share with you a resource and the Q&A of the week. But the next thing that I really want us to talk about is being intentional with your inner circle. So if there is one thing that I've learned over the years, who you spend your time with really matters. And there's this question that's like, who are the people that you spend, who are the five people that you spend the most time around? And when you look at that on a psychological level, and again, my background is in psychology and I nerd out on this so frequently, specifically around the social psychology and why we do what we do. The five people who you spend the most time around will have a direct impact in the way you think, in the way that you work, in the way that you act, and in the way that you navigate your life. So I want you to do a quick analysis and I want you to ask yourself, who are the five people that you spend the most time around? Okay. So write that down. You can either pause this episode or or reflect on it later, but ask yourself, who are the three to five, whatever, like I'm not saying you have to have five closest friends, but who are the three to five people that you spend the most time around? And then ask yourself, do you feel inspired and empowered by these relationships? Or are some of them toxic relationships or relationships that you've outgrown, but you're still holding on to, right? And I say this because when we are trying to become better versions of ourselves, sometimes, unfortunately, that means that we might be we might be growing in a way that we have to be really conscious about who we're spending time around and making sure that, again, going back to time and energy, that we're keeping the people like we're keeping good people in our circle. Right. So this is going to have a lot to do with the different conversations that you have. Are they pushing you to be a better version of yourself? Are they keeping you accountable to stay focused on your bigger vision? And something that I've realized is that in each pivotal moment of my journey, when I have really started leveling up or growing into a different version of myself, there has been a clear correlation between the people that I connect with, that I spend my time with, that I learn from and that I collaborate with, that allow for me to go to the next level. And that's because they're thinking in different ways than I might have been thinking in the past They're doing different things. They're having different conversations and navigating their life in different ways. And so as we're looking to grow, we've got to start surrounding ourselves with other people who we can learn from, with other people who can support us and can push us to step outside of our comfort zones. And so I really want you to take an inner circle inventory and write down who's currently in your life and what those relationships look like and be honest with yourself and realize that your closest friends maybe aren't the people who are the other women entrepreneurs or whatever, but like realizing that you can have different circles of people, but you need to make sure that you have people who are going to build you up and who are going to support you and see you, right? And so really ask yourself after you do the inner circle inventory, ask yourself what type of people do you want to start attracting into your life, you know? And I say that because again, we don't, we don't have to be we don't have to be right now like where we want to be or where we're aspiring to be. That's why we're here. That's why we're learning. That's why we're growing. But I really want you to check in and say, "Okay, if I'm not here yet, where do I want to be?" So, if I don't have these people in my circle yet, what type of people do I want to be attracting? Okay? And so, the last secret to embody excellence is 
to avoid the hustle. Now, I want to talk about hustle really quickly because hustle is a word that in our society, it's thrown around lightly, but I want to share with you the actual definition. The definition of hustle is to push roughly, to jostle, to obtain by forceful action. Again, the definition of hustle is to push roughly or jostle or to obtain by forceful action. Now, I want you to take a step back. When people are talking about hustling in their lives and their businesses, et cetera, is that what you're trying to is that what you're trying to do? Are you trying to obtain by forceful action? Are you trying to hustle hard, have little sleep, be working 10 to 12 to I was going to say 20, but like 10 to 12 to 15 hours a day? Are you looking to go 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 and not have time for a pause? If that's you, dope. That's great. But I'm going to be honest where like that's not the life that I want to live by. I don't think that hustle is cute. Granted, that does not mean I don't believe in putting in the work because putting in the work is necessary. But if I have to have forceful action and I have to be rough with what I'm trying to do, it's not for me. You know what I mean? And so again, we are all different and excellence looks different for all of us. So if you're into hustle, that's amazing. I salute you. But on this podcast, in in my circle, the way that I do things, Yes, I agree in, in, not in hustling, I'm sorry. Yes, I agree in putting in the work and taking the time and going forward, but I don't think that hustling is cute because again, if you've been listening to this episode, you know that burning out also isn't cute, right? So like when you hustle, again, it's like when you run a marathon, you run a marathon at a marathon pace. When you're running a sprint, yes, you can go at 100 miles an hour because you're going at 100 miles an hour for 30 seconds. But if you try and go at 100 miles an hour for 30 minutes or three hours, I promise you, you're going to be fainting on the track. And that's a good metaphor. Again, (laughs) if you need to rewind that, push it back. But again, like this is a marathon, not a sprint. Building a life and leading with intention is a marathon, not a sprint. So stop trying to reach your marathon-like goals at a sprinting pace. And that's what the hustle is, especially if you're just starting out and you might not necessarily have a team to support you. This goes back to what I was saying before. We can't be comparing our chapters to other people we see on the internet because they might have support. Imagine they might have a team. They might have a partner at home. They might have financial stability. They might have X, Y, or Z, and you don't know. So Really be sure to understand what you need for your journey and realize that the focus shouldn't be on hustle and trying to get rich quick, but instead it should be on how can I reach my goals with ease? How can I live a life filled with impact and intention and realize that when I focus on those two things, the income will come. One more time, when I focus on impact and intention, that will lead to income. So again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I really want to encourage you to avoid the hustle and instead to think about sustainable growth. Okay. So I got real hype with that last, with that last secret to embodying excellence, because it's something that I feel so passionately about. So again, I want us to recap. If you were taking notes, definitely go back and revisit them because there was a lot of tactical action steps and strategies that you can use in this episode but I want to recap the five secrets to embody excellence and we're going to go over them again. Number one, realizing that time and energy are your greatest assets. Number two, focus on habits over goals. 
Number three, schedule time for self-care. Four, be intentional with your inner circle. And number five, avoid the hustle, okay? So I want to hear from you again. I want this to be a conversation of both ways. I want to get to know you. I want to get to hear where you're at. Which one of those secrets to embodying excellence stood out to you most? So head over to social, go to Instagram, and tag us at leading.with.intention on the gram, and also be sure to tag me at Sienna J. Brown so we can engage in conversation. I want to hear what you loved about this podcast. Share it with a friend, share it with your wider community, and be sure to let us know. So as we are getting ready to finish up our episode for today, our course, our class, whatever you want to call it, I want to share with you the resource of this week. And the resource of this week is Passion Planner. So Passion Planner is a planner that doesn't just help you reach your goals, but it also helps you feel aligned and balanced in your everyday life. And so this is a planner that I am a huge planner nerd. Hit me up in a couple of years because I'm also going to be creating my own probably in the future, right? But over the past years, I've really been using Passion Planner and it's been helping me with planning out my life and also having that balance. And so I personally use the Undated Daily Planner and the Weekly Planner combined. And I actually have partnered with Passion Planner to give y'all a discount because again, I wanna be able to see us all win. So when you go to Passion Planner, use the code Sienna10 to get 10% off at passionplanner.com. So over the last six months or so, women in the community have been getting these planners and seeing a huge change in the way that they work and in the way that they schedule their days and their life. So if you haven't gotten yours yet, definitely feel free to head to passionplanner.com and get yours today. So today's question and answer, I'm really excited about this one before we wrap up today's episode. The question of the week is, how do you remind yourself of your greater purpose and motivate yourself to show up? And this is so on point, especially when we're thinking about embodying excellence, right? We're not always going to be motivated. We're going to have hard weeks, hard days, hard months sometimes. But how are we keeping in mind what our greater purpose is? So I want to share three quick tips with you. And these are things that I've done over the years to help me in some of my highest moments. And it's helped me in some of my lowest moments. And the first one is, how do you motivate yourself to show up? Design your space and surroundings for success and to avoid distractions. And I say this because at least I know myself, I have a very all or nothing personality, but when I design my surroundings so that it leads me to success. It allows for me to go off of habit instead of motivation. If my desk is clean, if my house is clear, if my, if my coffee is ready the night before, instead of the morning of, it really allows for my decisions that I make on a daily basis to be easier. And that's what allows for me to show up with ease. When thinking about your greater purpose and how to motivate yourself, build a vision board. Please, 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 if you don't do anything else, please build a a vision board and be very intentional about the impact that vision boards have. And I want it to be visual. So I want this to be visual and focusing on what you want to feel and what you want to embody. Because again, 
I could get into the I can get into the psychology behind it, but I don't want your vision board to be a ton of words because what vision boards do is they work subconsciously and you don't need to be reading things, but again, it's embodying the feeling that your vision board is giving you and have it somewhere that you can see it daily. And so I'm going to be honest, my vision board, I create a new one maybe every six to eight months. It is my computer background. It's my phone background. It's something that my brain consumes on a daily basis, multiple times on a daily basis. And it's so beautiful because the other day I had an amazing photo shoot with a photographer here and my photos embodied my vision board. And I was like, oh, I've made it. Cool. I got this. Let's re-envision what we want our lives to look like, right? So build a vision board and have it somewhere that you can see it daily. And then the last thing is setting up affirmations for yourself. But I want to put a twist on this. I want you to keep them simple, simple, like three word aspiration, um, affirmations. And I want them, and I want you to repeat them to yourself on a daily basis. Okay. So I remember about two years ago, I was going through a difficult time, a difficult time where I didn't know what was next for me. And I wasn't sure. And I, and going back to this question, I didn't know what my greater purpose was. And I didn't know how to motivate myself to show up. And these things that I just shared with you today, designing your surroundings for success, building a vision board and look at it daily and setting up affirmations is what allowed for me to want to keep going each day. And my affirmations in those moments, again, they were three simple words, clarity, abundance, and love. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know what that meant for me in those moments. I didn't know how it would show up in my life, but I promise you, Every morning when I woke up, I said, I am filled with clarity. I am filled with abundance. I am filled with love. And before I would go to bed at night and burn some Palo Santo, walk around my bed, and I would say that for about 30 seconds. I am filled with clarity. I am filled with abundance. And I am filled with love. Let me tell you, that showed up in ways that I could have never imagined two years ago or even one year ago. But having those thoughts and saying that to myself allowed for me to eventually embody that And again, right now, y'all, filled with all the clarity in the world, I live the most abundant life and I feel so loved, not in the way that I was looking for love back then, but in ways that, again, I could have never imagined for myself. So that's it. (laughs) That's it for today. I want to leave you with a reflection question to ask yourself and to walk into your day or your week with. How can you better embody excellence in your everyday life? And what small changes can you make to get there? Okay, so how can you better embody excellence in your everyday life? And what small changes can you make to get there? And I challenge you to put one of those small changes into action today and see how it feels. All right, so I just want to say thank you so much, as always, for being here, for listening to this episode, for being a part of the Leading with Intention community. I am so excited to have you here. Be sure to Again, if you love this episode or learn something new, share this with your wider community. I cannot wait to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram. And again, you'll see the accounts in the show notes so that you can send us your questions. You can engage with us. And it's time for you to start leading and living with intention. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you learned, be sure to leave a review. I love to hear from you and the impact that these episodes have. 
And be sure to share this episode with a friend or your wider community from your preferred podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at Leading with Intention and Sienna J. Brown, and be sure to tag the accounts so I can join in on the conversation and touch on topics that matter to you. All right, it's time to get out there to start leading and living with intention. Until next time.